Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned to this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF, your hometown radio station in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia, and because of the Internet, any, anywhere in the United States of America, anywhere in the world where anyone is connected to the World Wide Web. If you want to be a media missionary, you believe this broadcast would be a blessing to someone in another state, uh, in another county here in Florida where this broadcast doesn't go normally and naturally, uh, they can tune in by computer as WMAF streams uh, to uh, computers all over the world. So we know we have people listening down uh, in Africa. We know we have people listening down under in Australia. We know we have people listening from Europe and Asia and uh, all over the world. We welcome you today all the way from the Antarctic down to Africa. We welcome you to this broadcast today. Amen. And uh, if you are uh, a, a minister of the gospel that ministers right here on WMAF. We're so glad to be in cooperation with you to declare the good news of Jesus to the nations of the world today. Praise God. And if you're a minister considering radio ministry, know that it will go far beyond the reach of that radio station in your local area. It Because of the, this station and others that stream uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, by way of radio, it can go anywhere God wants to send it. Hallelujah. And we're just grateful to be part of the great company that is publishing the Word of God today. And we pray God will bless this radio station uh, for having uh, clean, uh, clear <laughs> music that you can absolutely not have to turn the radio down because of the lyrics and the words. Actually, you need to turn it up so everyone in the whole house can hear it. Cla- classic country, classic gospel music, southern gospel, and classic preaching as far as this broadcast is concerned because we preach our messages directly from the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's pretty classic in these days that we are living. We're talking about becoming a true worshiper. And this is an important message. And we're going to go back to John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 19 through 24. The discourse with the woman at the well. Uh, And Jesus is uh, answering a question that I believe we need to ask uh, ourselves. And we need to ask as ministers and in our churches today. Amen. And uh, Listen to the question she asked and listen closely to the answer that he gave. John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 19 through 24. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Speaking to him as a Jew, not as the Messiah yet, but just as a Jew a Jewish leader, religious leader. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit 
and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must, this is the imperative, listen, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Praise God. We're going to come to our fourth point. And by the way, if you've missed one, two, and three uh, in the teaching, you can uh, go right to the homepage of WMAF and you will find recent editions of Let's Talk About Jesus and other sermons available at their homepage under the heading of, of this broadcast name, Let's Talk About Jesus. Or you can come to our website, type in TH. C-O-G, and it will welcome you to the Holy Church of God right here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates. And the, so we're coming to the fourth point today, and that is that true worship always involves a passion for His presence. Always will involve a passion for His presence. Psalm 16 and 11 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life in Thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Friend of mine, in the presence of the Lord there's fullness of joy promised and provided. In Him is our life, our health, our peace, our prosperity, our hope, our joy. He has created us so that everything we need we find in Him and in Him alone. In His presence, our longing hearts are fully satisfied. We are complete. We are fulfilled. We were created for His pleasure. And this is where we find our pleasure and our joy. At His right hand, there's pleasure. He's, he, he's fullness of joy. And at His right hand is pleasure forevermore. Praise God. I, I like that term, pleasure forevermore. Because the pleasures of sin are for a season, but the pleasure of being in right relationship and fellowship with God are always forevermore. That was the whole issue at Jacob's well here in John's Gospel, chapter 4. A woman came to draw water. And when she came to draw water, she see, sees Jesus sitting there and he speaks to her as she's astonished that he, being a Jew, clearly, and, and of some high religious office, uh, would even bother to speak to her, uh, being a Samaritan woman. But he did speak to her, and he asked her to do something for him. Woman, give me to drink. And as she began to draw water to give him to drink from the well, he said, Woman, if you knew who it was that said unto you, Give me to drink, you would ask of me, and I would give you living water, and you would never thirst again. Hallelujah. Then he told her about her life, her life story once again, about having five husbands and giving up on marriage and now just living with a man without marriage uh, and, and not finding that that she was looking for in anything or anyone until she met the Master until she met Jesus Christ. No wonder we are so prone to sin. No wonder we are the object of Satan's temptings and snares, because we are looking. We're looking for something that only God can give us. And many of us, like the song says, are looking for love in all 
the wrong places, looking for fulfillment in all the wrong people and things, when we can only truly find it in God. But when we find it in God, in His presence is fullness of joy, and at His right hand are pleasures, <laughs> hallelujah, that are eternal, not temporal. The temporary, see the Bible said that Moses, when he came to years in the old covenant, he was a prince in Egypt. He stood to inherit all the wealth and riches of Egypt. But the because he was raised with a background in the in the tr- in the in the truth about the living and true God and what would happen after this life is over, he made a choice based on that knowledge. And he said, when he came to years, he chose to identify himself as a Jew instead of an Egyptian. Though he was raised by an Egyptian mother, he was born of a Jewish mom, and he chose to suffer affliction with the righteous, to suffer affliction with those that Egypt had enslaved and identify with them and and leave that, that inheritance of all the wealth that one of the wealthiest nations, if not the wealthiest in the world at that time. He chose not to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter but chose to suffer affliction with the righteous, the covenant children of God, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You see, the pleasure of sin is only for a season, and it'll take more and more and different kinds of sin to try to fulfill oneself. Ah, but the pleasure of not just knowing God. You know, when you come to know Him, uh, He comes to live and abide within us. He comes to fill us and fulfill us, to fill us with His Holy Spirit. Praise God. And to give us water, living water, spiritual drink, that we would not thirst anymore. Therefore, we will not look to the world to any other person or thing to give us what we know can only come from God Himself. In His presence, friend, is fullness of joy. And our praise and our worship should be an opportunity to enter in to a spiritual presence of one that we begin to sense is within us and He is among us. Sunday morning worship service shouldn't be a spectator event where the choir sings to the congregation and the congregation watches the choir sing and is entertained if they don't hit a sour note. Friend of mine, I want you to know true worship involves the choir with their hearts set upward, not horizontal toward the audience. That's entertainment, but vertical toward God. That is worship, praise God. And the, and the congregation is not vertically looking at the choir, but in our hearts we are seeking the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And if we turn our worship service into an event that pleases God, it will also become a pleasure to us because we will experience the presence of God. And the Bible said, in His presence... There's fullness of joy, and at His right hand are pleasure forevermore. (laughs) Praise God. No wonder David said, one thing have I desired, that will I seek after, to, to, to inquire at thy temple, close as he could get. In proximity to God was the temple. 
and he said to inquire at thy temple. He couldn't go behind the veil, and God did not come from behind the veil because the man, uh, uh, unholy man, could not approach a holy God, nor could a holy God come and live within that proximity to that unholy man. Ah, but after the cross, after the cross, not only could we go behind the veil and come into the very presence of God, but the presence of God could come from behind the veil and begin to abide within us and manifest himself in various occasions. And worship is one of those occasions. So David knew in his desire to be close to God's presence, just that kind of proximity of the old covenant. He said, one thing have I desired, that will I seek after, that I may inquire at thy temple and behold thy beauty. He couldn't see behind the veil, but he knew God's earthly manifest presence was happening right behind that linen veil. And to get that close to God brought joy and pleasure to David. Hallelujah. And friend of mine, how much more me and you children of God in this wonderful new covenant fellowship relationship can come into the presence of God. Going to church is wonderful if at church there is an occasion and an opportunity to enter in to the presence of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So this it's always a passion for His presence, His pleasure. And this is where we find our joy. His desire is for His people. Our desire is for Him. There's a longing within us which cannot be satisfied by anything else but our intimate communion with Him. The things of the world grow steadily dim, the songwriter said, in the light of His glory and grace. We must so desire His presence in our lives that we allow nothing and no one to try to take his place for nothing or no one can. Or, or nothing or no one to distract us from knowing him more intimately and more personally. He's our greatest passion. No one else and nothing else can fulfill the cry of our heart. The greatest boon, the greatest barrier, the greatest shield for our soul against the tempter is to be so filled with God and fulfilled by His presence that we do not seek fulfillment in any sinful temporary pleasure because at His right hand there's pleasure forevermore. Praise God. Hallelujah. True worship is not only filled with true passion for God and His presence, but true worship is always extravagant extravagant. To live a life of praise and worship is to be an extravagant worshiper, even as the woman who broke the precious alabaster box of perfume and lavished it upon Jesus. So we're to pour out our lives and our worship to Him. As we do this, our very lives become a sweet fragrance to Him. And to others, the sweet aroma of His presence in our lives draws others to Him. As we praise our God, as we declare and show forth who He is, the fragrance of Him goes with us wherever we go. 
when we praise our God, there's a gathering or a drawing of people. The drawing comes from the presence of the living God who dwells and lives in and is enthroned upon the praises of His people. As God, our Father, is enthroned upon the life of praise that we live, not just give on Sunday, but the praise that we live throughout our life. And He draws all men to Himself. A preacher was invited to speak at a conference in California, visited a rose garden during during a flower show in the afternoon. That night, another minister sitting on the platform by him said, I know where you were this afternoon. I smell the fragrance of the flowers still on you. Praise God. When we worship God on Sunday morning and we live a life that is a life that is marked by our devotion to Him throughout the week, the fragrance of Christ is upon us. It's not just what we say and not only what we do. There's something that people maybe can't even put their finger on. We're not just keeping uh, the laws, although we keep the laws of God uh, from our heart. But we are not just doing the works, although they will see our good works and glorify our Father, but we are literally living a life of devotion and worship of God, giving praise on Sunday morning, living praise throughout the week, and giving praise through our life. Praise God. I want to read you this story uh, about this this offering of praise uh, in the way we live our life. And I want to read it as a quote. It came out of uh, uh, American troops uh, in Okinawa in 1945. As newsman Clarence W. Hall followed American troops through Okinawa in 1945, he and his Jeep driver came upon a small town that stood out as a beautiful example of a Christian community. And here is what he wrote. We had seen other Okinawan villages down at the hills and despairing. By contrast, this one shone like a diamond in a dung heap. Everywhere we were greeted by smiles and dignified bows. Proudly the old men showed us their spotless homes, their terraced fields, their storehouses and granaries, their prized sugar mill. Hall said that he saw no jails and no drunkenness, and that divorce was unknown in this village. He was told that an American missionary had come some thirty years earlier. While he was in the village, he had led two elderly townspeople to Christ and left them with a Japanese Bible. These new believers studied the scriptures and started leading their fellow villagers to Christ. Hall's Jeep driver said he was amazed at the difference between this village and the others around it. And this is what he remarked. So this is what comes out of only a Bible and a couple of old guys who wanted to live like Jesus. Hallelujah. This is what comes out of a Bible, and two old guys that wanted to live like Jesus. You see, this is living out a life of worship by 
praising and honoring God through devotion and obedience, not just emotion and enthusiasm. You know, enthusiasm, someone said, is a lot easier than obedience. You know, people get real enthused about the soon coming of the Lord in our heavenly home, but they don't get very enthused about loving our enemies and praying for those that despitefully use us because enthusiasm is always easier than obedience. But there is a devotion that comes through passionate worship and a heart that is full of gratitude to God and to Christ for what He's done for us. And when that is expressed in obedience, we keep His commandments because we love Him. And it's not a grievous thing. It doesn't make us frown. It makes us smile. It gives us joy, hallelujah, and pleasure in serving Him. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, and I appreciate his words, I'm going to quote them, said, The gods we worship write their names on our faces. Be sure of that. And a man will worship something. Have no doubt about that either. He may think that his tribute is paid in secret in the dark recesses of his heart, but it will come out. That which dominates will determine his life and character. Therefore, it behooves us to be careful what we worship. For what we are worshiping, we are becoming. What we are worshiping, we are becoming. Jesus said to the woman at the well, you don't know what you worship. We know what we worship. We know in essence who we worship. We are worshiping the true and the living God. Gordon Dahl put it more succinctly when he said, most people tend to worship their work, work at their play, and play at their worship. What an indictment against false worship, insincere worship, incomplete, unacceptable worship. Ah, oh, but today we are challenged by the Scriptures, by the words of the Lord Jesus Himself to begin to worship God in spirit and in truth. To worship God in spirit and truth means that we worship the true God. It means that our worship should always be in honesty and integrity. It means that our worship should be spiritual, full of passion, engaging the whole person, and supernatural in nature. This is the highest calling for every believer. In fact, Christians are compared with Old Testament priests. In the Old Testament, priests offered sacrifices to God. According to the New Testament, we are all been made kings and priests who offer sacrifices as well. In the Old Testament, the priest would offer animals and burnt offerings. As New Testament priests, we offer a different kind of sacrifice. But it's still a sacrificial system. 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5 we read, And coming to him is a living stone, rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Praise God. A few verses later in verse 9 we read, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, 
that you may proclaim the excellencies of him. King James says, show forth the virtues of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Here we're also told that we're a royal priesthood, that our job is to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And what are these sacrifices? Hebrews 13 and verse 15 tells us, there we read, Through Him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Praise God. The, the passage in Hebrews corresponds to another in Hosea. In Hosea 14, 1 and 2 we read, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words. Turn to the Lord and say to Him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. The fact that the words calves are in this verse. Calves of our lips show that God is looking for spiritual sacrifices through our praises, through the way that we honor Him and the devotion in our heart expressed through our lips in, in praise and worship. Praise God. It's further evidence that praise is the sacrifice we offer to God as New Testament priests. Therefore, this is a high calling. Entering into true praise and worship is not an option for any Christian. It's a command of God. It's an imperative. So we come to, to understand and practice true biblical praise and worship. And when we enter into the presence of the Lord through praise and worship, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout our week and our day, we worship Him. We should begin the day with with uh, good morning, Lord, instead of good Lord morning. Hallelujah. Because we should start the day before we hear the news, before we uh, get our, our, you know, people are so distracted, they're leaving the, the, their precious, precious children in cars that that heat to 130 degrees and they, they suffer heat exhaustion and die. And the parents can't believe that they could leave the most precious uh, persons in their life in that condition because they were so distracted by that focus on their job, their responsibilities in life, instead of that most important thing of all. Oh, friend, we're living in a frantic, frenetic society where we are always under the pressure to think about other things than the things that matter the most. And we have a cautionary tale here, not to let our worship become a cut and dried, uh, well-timed, well-organized, but quick, done-and-over-with event that doesn't prepare us to walk out of our houses of worship into this fallen world with, with the fragrance of Christ upon us and letting the world see that we don't have to have what they say will make you happy to be happy, that we are fulfilled by something bigger than the houses and the lands and the things and the sins that the whole world is going after, that we have found what we need and found what fulfills us and prepares us for eternity in Jesus Christ. And today I challenge you, if you don't know Christ 
as your Lord, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I challenge you this day, I challenge you this day to look no further, but to look unto Him, to repent of your sin and come to Christ and accept Him as your Lord and your Savior. And let Him give to you living water that you will never thirst again. And let Him bring you into a fellowship relationship with the Creator of the universe that you may call the God of heaven and earth your heavenly Father. And that you may find in Christ and in that fellowship relationship with God, in His presence, fullness of joy and at His right hand, (laughs) pleasure forevermore. And all of those sinful things that harm you, that hurt your family, that break break down relationships, that break up marriages, that tear up lives. As you turn away from them and find in Him everything that you need, the fragrance of Him will go with you and others will see something has happened to you. And you didn't just get religion. You didn't just start going back to church or to church. But you found in Christ the living water that satisfies the deepest longings of your soul. Come to Christ today. And if you're a Christian, when you go to church Sunday, don't just sit and watch them sing. Worship God in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. We love you today. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.